1: Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We are so glad that you're with us today. And I tell you what, I'm believing God that you're going to receive help and answers yes. and clarity for your life. And uh, we invite you become a student along with the rest of us yes. that are sitting here today. And... Um, Get a, get your Bible, get a notepad, pen or pencil and follow along with us and whatever God may say to you, make a note of it. Amen. Because I tell you, it matters that when God has something to say to us, it's because we're going to need it.
0: That's
1: right. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to begin teaching today on a subject called worship. And I am so excited about getting to teach this because I want to read to you real quickly something that is our jumping off point on this. Uh, We won't dive into this part completely, but I do want to reference it as we start. And this came from something that God said to Brother Norval Hayes. I don't know if you've ever heard and heard the ministry of Brother Norval Hayes, but I tell you, precious man of God, he's in heaven now, but what a blessing to the body of Christ and so much revelation that was left to us by this precious man of God. And he was a man who had a strong healing anointing He uh, also taught much on faith, but he taught on the flow of healing and faith through the flow of worship. He talked about that what worshiping does in the role of our faith life and in the role of receiving healing from God. And so I want to reference something that God said to him. And he said this, he said to Brother Norval, he said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Now, listen, I'm going to break that down a little bit and we're gonna look at more detail because God said some things. But it is so important in the flow of God and in the flow of the life of faith that worship is important. And anytime you see someone with a strong fellowship with God, those are the ones who make a difference in the earth. Amen. Amen. And an earmark of someone who has a strong fellowship with God, they are worshipers. Yeah. They make worshiping God a, a a a standard flow of their daily life. It's woven in through in, in and in right. and out of the moments of their day. Yeah. And uh, we were made to worship Him. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And what an honor and We're going to to look at some different things today, and we're going to start with Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 21. Genesis chapter 5 is basically a record of lineage. It records the names of men, it records the children they had, and it records when they died. Um, I'm going to actually, while you're finding Genesis 521, I'm just going to give you a sampling because I'm going to read a different verse out of verse nine. Now you don't have to turn there. Just listen to this because I want you to, I want you to see the flow of this passage. It says, and Enos lived 90 years and begat Kinan. And Enos lived after he begat Kinan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years and he died. And, and Cainan lived 70 years and beget, maha, ma, there you go, Mahalelel, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> something, one of those M words. <laughs> and he lived after he beget him 840 years and beget sons and daughters. And then all the days of Cainan were 910 years and he died. And there it goes on and on. You see, so it lists how long they lived. It lists the children that they had, and then it lists their death. That's all it listed about starting with Adam and the whole generations after that. But something different happens in verse 21. And this is what I want you to look at in Genesis 5:21. It says, and Enoch lived 60 and five years and beget Methuselah. And Enoch, look at this, he walked with God. And after he beget Methuselah 300 years and beget sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now I want you to, I want to read this to you out of the Amplified Classic Translation. I just want you to see this word. It says, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. After the birth of Methuselah, 300 years. And then in verse 24, and it says, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was not, for God took him home with him. Wow. Wow. Look at this. Everybody else, every other man, it doesn't list their accomplishments. It doesn't list their careers. It doesn't list their successes. It doesn't list their victories in life. But when it comes to Enoch, it lists something, his fellowship with God his fellowship with God. And uh, the word recorded, heaven recorded this about Enoch. When God, when heaven records that you walked with God, brother, under heaven's yeah. definition of yeah. walking with God, he yeah. did that. Amen. Yeah. And then it says, and God took him. Uh, I, I, I want to address that real quick because if God's going to take someone to heaven, this is how he takes them. They're translated. And there's only two that we have record of that were translated, and that was Enoch, and then that was Elijah. They were translated. Yeah. So the wrong, the, the wrong verbiage for this is that when someone goes to heaven that God took them. Because God doesn't, if I could say this, he doesn't take people because people say, I'm waiting for God to take me or uh, God took them. No, when God takes them, this is how he takes them. They leave spirit, soul, and body this Ah. realm. (laughs) They're translated. No, but God receives us. God receives us. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and he said, he said, he said, father, receive my spirit. So he didn't say, take my spirit he what he released his spirit yes, right. and God receives our spirit so just to understand that because many times people will say when they get older and they say you know I've lived out my life I'm just waiting for God to take me we'll release your spirit and he'll receive it Yeah,
0: yeah. that's right amen,
1: amen. Yeah. so we when we look at the life of Enoch we see this that he was separated from these other men by one thing his walk with God yeah. mm-hmm. um There is a man who worked closely with Catherine Kuhlman. Now, Catherine Kuhlman had a healing ministry Um, in the 60s and 70s. She was very, she was on the forefront during that time. Strong healing anointing on her life. And this man made a very important observation about her. He said, her fellowship with God made it easy for others to receive their miracle. Now listen to that. Her fellowship yeah, with God right. made it easy for others to receive their miracle. Right. So our fellowship with God does not just affect us. Right. It affects the flow that comes out of our life. Right. And then others are affected by our walk with God. Yeah. And uh, she knew how to get into the presence of God. Now listen, we, we're in the presence of God in the sense he's present in us. Yeah. But we're talking about living mindful of the presence of right. God. Amen. Amen. Um, turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, there was a woman who came to a healing, healing class one day and she had never heard this subject of divine healing taught. And she was had been diagnosed with a terminal condition. And so she was told about this class in a, you know, in a ministry where they taught healing, healing school. So she attended and she had never heard that before. So it was new to her. And she walked up to the teacher afterwards and she said, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know. Tell me, tell me how to receive What do I need to do? And I love what this minister said to her, said, you know, I'm not the one that has your answers for you. God has your answer, but I can do this. I can bring you into his presence with me. Mm -hmm. See, this woman was a baby Christian. She had never heard it taught. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let's read it. It says, let us therefore, look at this, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Listen, the throne, there is an actual location where the throne of God is. Now we know this, that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The greater one abides on the inside of us, but there is an actual throne where God sits. And we are invited as believers come boldly to the throne. Knowing this, you belong there or you you couldn't come boldly if you didn't belong there and you couldn't come boldly without invitation. So he invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Look at this, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I like this wording, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. The throne is the place of obtaining. Yes. yes. Amen. No Amen. need goes unmet yes. at the throne wow. in the Amen. presence of God. Amen. By bringing this woman with her, now see this minister knew how to step into that flow. She knew how to step into the presence of God too. Even though the presence of God was there, she knew how to uh, hook her heart up to that flow. No. Right. Yeah. right. Good. <clears throat> and so she said, um, come, come and I'll take you with me. Mm -hmm. And this woman minister just sat there and worshipped and worshipped and worshipped Jesus. And she told this young baby Christian, she said, you do the same thing I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So the two of them sat and worshipped God together. And then once they got into the flow of the anointing, Mm -hmm. you see, as you worship, worship, brings the anointing and the anointing destroys the yoke. And so as they together, they began to worship, the anointing came into manifestation. And then what happens? The yoke of this terminal condition upon this woman was destroyed just by worshiping God and entering in the place of that anointing into the presence of God. They came boldly to the throne and obtained mercy. did you know healing is a mercy? Healing is a mercy from God. Healing mercies flow. Mm -hmm. And so we can come boldly to the throne of grace and worshiping God is one of the primary ways to move into that awareness and that place of the anointing. Amen. 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 And uh, so this precious minister who knew how to step into the flow of God's power through worship, See, God is not, it's not us trying to coerce power out of the flow of God, uh, out of God's hand. It's about us knowing how to cooperate with that flow of power. And worship is one of the primary ways that we enter into and we will step into the flow of that anointing. Mm -hmm. So notice she didn't just step into that flow for her own benefit, but for someone else's benefit. Whether or not we know how to yield to God's presence and yeah. begin to worship and access and step right. in and make a demand on that anointing, yeah. it's gonna affect those around us. Yes. Amen. Amen. And when after a time of worshiping God together, the woman goes, "All oh, my pain is gone. See, it wasn't about getting God to heal. It was about worshiping the one who already had healed her. That's right. Yes. Amen. And then that anointing came into manifestation yes. and set wow. her free. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Meaning this, you can take your fellowship with God and bless someone else's life with That's it. Right. I remember there was someone close to me that they had had a certain addiction in their life that they had tried to walk free from for years. And one day, I, I they were just on my heart and I began praying for them and as I worshiped God, I stepped into a place of that anointing came into manifestation. Okay. And I brought them up before God by the Spirit of God. Yeah. I just brought that person up and I saw myself just lifting that person up before God. And uh, the Spirit of God took hold with me. Yeah. And we prayed, I prayed. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God gave me utterance mm-hmm. and I spoke out those utterances in other tongues and prayed for that person. About three weeks later, uh, I had someone call me and said, did you hear about this person that, they were referring to the one who had, had this habit, this addiction. And I said, no, I haven't spoken to him in weeks. And they said, they got set free from that addiction. I said, really? About how long ago? Oh, about three weeks ago. Wow. See, that, when we worship God, others are blessed. Right. When we have a fellowship with God that is rich and intimate, it not only blesses our life, but we can be a blessing to others because we know how to access that place of of mercy. Amen. 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 Um, As I was referring earlier to Brother Norval Hayes, uh, he told us a story about him and Dad Hagen were very close friends. And they were going down the road one day in a car. Dad Hagen was driving and Brother Norval was in the passenger seat. And Dad Hagen stopped at a red light. And when he did, there was a man that began to go across the road. And this man was crippled. And so with great difficulty, he was making himself, making his way across the road. And Brother Norval said to Dad Hagen, he said, Is it the will of God to heal that cripple? And Dad Hagen said, Yes if someone will pay the price. Now, let me clarify that because someone may be listening and say, well, Jesus already paid the price. Jesus did pay the price for that man's healing, but someone must pay the price of living in intimacy with the Father to know how to be skillful with that healing power that Jesus purchased for us. Does that make sense to you? We pay the price of learning the word, we pay the price of getting that word abiding on the inside of us. We pay the price of knowing God through prayer, right. spending time with prayer, that we become a skillful channel that God can flow through. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. God needs hands, yes. <laughs> yes. and the body of Christ. the 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 hands are in the body. The body of Christ are the hands that Jesus and the Father work through. Yeah. Yeah but he needs somebody who's skillful with their hands. Yes. They're skillful with their believing, with their faith, yes. that they know how to lay hold and cooperate with what God has already made ours yes. and minister that to the lives of other people. Yes. That can be you. Yes. I said, that can be you. Because although not everyone stands in a five-fold ministry as a preacher or a teacher, right. The word tells us that every Christian is commanded, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But we can't lay empty hands. We have to become skillful with the word. We have to get that healing word abiding in us and and cause our faith to become strong. And spend time in fellowship with God because then, when we know how to approach the presence of God in worship and praise, then we can bring the needs of others with us. Right. Right. And no need goes unmet at the throne. Amen. 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 Wouldn't we say this that Jesus' fellowship with His Father brought, miracle to other, brought yes. miracles to yes. others?
0: Yes.
1: Everywhere Jesus went, miracles were moving, yeah. miracles were happening. And Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. What's he talking about? Fellowship. He's talking about his fellowship with his father. And in that time of fellowship with his father, he heard things. He saw things. The spirit of seeing and knowing went into operation. And then when he got out among the people, all he did was act out what he saw in his times of fellowship with the father. So people received miracles because of Jesus' fellowship with the Father. Yes. Amen. Even so, others can receive their miracle based on our fellowship with the Father that can help bring them and point them and yeah. instruct them, lay hands on them and impart that same flow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we are the ones who determine how rich our fellowship with God is.
0: Yes.
1: Now, do you get that? We're the ones... Who determine that. Right. Go with me to James chapter 4 and we'll start reading in verse 8. James chapter 4 verse 8. Because so many people think that it's up to God that determines how rich our fellowship is. No, look at this verse. James 4 verse 8 says, draw nigh to God, look at this, and He will draw nigh to you. Yeah. You know James is writing to believers? yeah now notice this draw nigh to God so he's instructing a man draw nigh to God on your part notice what man's action is is listed first that as a man draws nigh God will respond yeah. and he will draw nigh to you so our fellowship with God is based on our desire to to draw nigh to him yeah Amen. Amen. There has never been someone that that went to draw nigh to God and God did not respond. Never. Because he said, when you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. Amen. Amen. How do we draw near to him? Hmm. We turn our hearts. We turn our attention toward him. We talk to him. We listen to him. We feed on his words. Do you know that as you're feeding on the Word, you're drawing nigh to Him? As you're taking time to pray, you're drawing nigh to Him. As you're meditating on His words, you're drawing nigh to Him. As you listen quietly before Him, you're drawing nigh to Him. Now, years ago, I asked God this question, probably, oh my goodness, 25 years ago or so now. I said, God, how come sometimes I sense the presence of God stronger, your nearness, if I could say that. Right. Now, listen, He's, he's in us, yeah. right? Yeah. But there are times we can tangibly and we can stronger sense yes. His presence yes. that is there. His presence is never withdrawn from us. Right. But I said to God, how come sometimes I sense you stronger than other days? And I was implying, what is it about you? <laughs> I was putting it on his direction and he turned it back to my direction and he answered, you sense my presence days stronger than others because some days you yield better to me than you do on other days. Yeah. Wow. It's all about the yielding. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Worshipping is yielding.
0: That's
1: good. Worshipping is yielding to him. Amen. Amen. So You've heard of Smith Wigglesworth an English preacher, he was on the forefront in the early part of the 1900s. Um, He was a man of the Word, he was a man of the Spirit. And someone asked him, a student asked him that he was teaching some Bible school students one day. And one of the students said to him, he said, how have you come to become so keen in the things of the Spirit? And this was Smith Wigglesworth's answer. He said, when I would sense the spirit prompt me, he said, I would yield and I would keep yielding and I would keep yielding and I would keep yielding. yielding." So what's he mean? You don't step into a a deeper intimacy of fellowship overnight. It's just day after day. You just keep responding. You just keep yielding. You just keep worshiping. Anytime you see someone that's skillful in faith, they just kept at it. They didn't start out skillful in faith. If you see someone who's skillful in prayer, they just kept at it. You have to practice these things. Amen. Amen. Amen those who step into a deeper intimacy with God through their worship, they just keep yes. at it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be concerned that you're not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Just keep at it. Right. Learn from those who are who are further ahead in these yes. things than you. Amen. 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 But just keep at it. As we draw near to God by turning our attention toward Him, And by yielding and responding to his presence within, because so much of the time, listen, the greater one is in us and people don't even respond to him. They don't even acknowledge that he's there. They don't even turn their attention his direction. For example, if someone were to come over to your house and were to visit you, and you said, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Welcome, have a seat. And then you leave the room and you go and you go about your daily duties. You cook your breakfast. You start cleaning the house. You go out and mow the lawn. And that person is still sitting there, but you haven't given recognition. Right. You haven't yeah. turned your yeah. attention yeah. toward where they're at. You're even though they're present in your house, you will have no fellowship. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. right.
1: Just them being present doesn't mean you're. Fellowshipping with one another. Yeah. Even so, the greater one is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. God is in us through His Spirit. Jesus is in us through His Spirit. So it behooves us, it will benefit us yes. to throughout the day recognize turn toward our spirit, turn toward the greater one, fellowship with him, talk with him. And worshiping is one of the best ways to keep that fellowship with God intact. Or if I could say this flowing all day long, that's why worship is so important. It makes you mindful of the greater one within. Amen. And uh, people say, well, I just don't, you know, I don't ever hear from God. Well, are you out mowing the lawn when you're not fellowshipping with him? You see that person yeah. who had that visitor in their house, but they were out doing something else rather than being, being in fellowship with the one who was there in their house. Yeah. So you can live your whole life with the greater one in us yeah. and never yeah. really learn right. him. Yeah. Right. Never really know what pleases him. Never yes. really know uh, how to respond to him. Right but we can learn. I said we can learn. And as, as we said, draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to you. He's not talking about that he ever left you. When he says, draw nigh to me, someone can be in your house and you're not drawing nigh to them. You're not giving them your attention. You're not speaking with them. You're not even acknowledging that they're there. So much of the time we face a difficulty, a crisis comes up, opposition comes up, tests and trials, and people run around talking to other people. What should I do about this? What should I do about that? And the whole time they had the divine genius in them waiting for them to draw nigh to him. Right. Because if we will draw nigh to the one, giving our attention to the one who is on the inside of us, the one who is on the inside of us will guide us. Yeah. He will lead us. He will yeah. instruct us. He yeah. will counsel us. Yeah. So the number one thing I do, in, not only just throughout the day, but anytime a difficulty arises, I don't turn out here right. for my help. Right. I don't run to somebody. I don't run to something. I go this way. Yeah. Why? Because the greater one's in me and I want to yield to his counsel. I want to say, what do you say about this? What is your wisdom for me on this? What do I need to do? What do I need to correct? What do I need to change? What do I need to address? Amen. Well, some of these things we're teaching in our book called worship. And uh, we're going to be teaching on this for a while. So we invite you to get your copy. You can go to ministries.org and we'll get you your copy. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you.
0: To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. This powerful book by Nancy Dufresne teaches on how to worship and bring the atmosphere of heaven into your home and surrounding your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message.